chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus said the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life a warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church you are in for an uplifting time in God's word enjoy the message what a glorious day to be alive what a joy it is to come to the greatest season on the Christian calendar, the Easter period. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Fred bringing you greetings from Calvary Baptist Church. I invite you to join us this Easter. Yes, this Sunday will be celebrated all over the place as Palm Sunday. A Palm Sunday when Jesus entered Jerusalem triumphantly, and the whole place was set ablaze. The crowds shouting, his enemies confused, and people were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Come and join us, and let's celebrate. Then soon after that, we'll have Good Friday services on all our campuses. Make your way to Good Friday at Calvary. A special blessing awaits you. You see us in our many colors and many tribes and many languages. French, English, Ga, Ebe. That's when we meet and speak all these languages to welcome you. What a joy to be to receive you and welcome you. Then the greatest day in the world, Easter Sunday, when the Jesus who was crucified on Friday was buried on that Friday, who was in the grave on Saturday. Sunday morning rose again and has made history. And no one, no one has been able to deny that. Join us as we celebrate Easter Sunday. So this Easter, mark your calendar. Give yourself the opportunity. Be here and let's celebrate together. You can never tell. This may be the opportunity the Lord has given you. Make good use of it. Let us pray. Our dear God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you for being a great God, a loving God, the one who reminds us of your faithfulness year in, year out. You allow the calendars to roll that we can celebrate the Christ event. Lord, speak to me, speak through me, speak to your people, and may your will for our lives be established. May hearts be turned towards you. May our lives be committed to you. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, today I want us to look at the text that is in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 21 from verse 1 to 11. Matthew 21, 1 to 11. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately they will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled 
which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, a fool of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus had commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved. Who is this? Who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. The Lord blessed the reading and the exposition of his word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is simple, titled, Imitate Our Brave Lord, or Imitate Your Brave Lord. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 1 to 11, there's a drama there about how Jesus entered Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and a colt. If you want to imagine what he did, then just take this story, for instance. In a country, there's a president. He goes out once a while, and everybody knows how the president goes out. Motorcade, motor riders, and all the fanfare that goes with the president. Then one finds day, they find somebody in town having the motorcade. People around him shouting, Presido, Presido, Presido. And people are looking at this man. And suddenly a call goes to head office. Is the president in town? The chief of security says, no, the president is in his office. Then who is in town? Riding this motorcade and people are shouting, Presido. Immediately the word goes around that it is not the president. The security operatives go into action. They stop the car, bring this man down. Lo and behold, he's wearing a mask, looking like the president. They strip him of all of this and the crowd scatters. Later on, they find that he's an imposter. Can you imagine what will happen? You'll be charged with treason, sedition, a cool maker. That is what imposters get. That is equivalent to what Jesus would have done that day when he marched to Jerusalem as the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords. But what he was doing was intentional. And the lesson Palm Sunday should teach you and I is that Jesus made intentional decisions and moves to dramatize that he came to be born. He came to live. He came to pay the price for our salvation. He came to die, to defeat the devil. And he will rise again that you and I may be saved and saved forever. And we can rejoice in him. That's why I see the message is titled, Imitate Our Brave Lord. Now let's look at the five things that he did 
intentionally in this passage because Matthew tells us that he entered intentionally. First, we see the first lesson that Jesus chose his friends and depended on them to celebrate the feast. He said Jesus didn't have a home. <laughs> he didn't have a car. He had a family, but he was an itinerant preacher. He didn't have anything that he called his own. In fact, in Matthew 8.20, when some people came to him and they wanted to be his disciples, look at what he told them in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hasn't got a place to lay his head. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, at that occasion, told his disciples, go and check on somebody. Prepare an upper room where we'll go and have this feast. He even said, look, go and borrow something so that we can use this animal. Because he didn't have it. He didn't keep it. And his friends were willing to provide for him. It's still the same today. When Jesus has called you to be his disciple, when the Lord has blessed you with money, with resources, with land, with cars, how are you using it to advance the gospel? Without that man who was keeping the colt or the donkey, how would Jesus have ridden to Jerusalem that day? Can you imagine it? Without your involvement in church, without your sacrifice, without your blessing the poor and the needy and the orphans, how would they know that God is a good God? Without you going to that village as a doctor, without you being an engineer, serving the people, how would they know the love of God? It's good to say you're a Christian, but do something. Even Jesus depended on his friends to celebrate the feast who are depending on you. That's the first one. He depended on his friends. Secondly, Jesus chose to deliberately fulfill prophecy. You see, when Christ sent the two disciples into the city to secure a donkey, a very young one, he borrowed the two animals from another man, probably another disciple. But this was according to prophecy. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So you see what Jesus is doing here. He deliberately fulfilled prophecy. I can go into all of this, but not now. Just to say pointedly that there were so many, so many prophecies about Jesus that were fulfilled during his birth, his death, and resurrection. But let me point out to you, just taking a jump, that there are now a lot more prophecies that are waiting to be fulfilled, particularly about the second coming of Jesus. But let's stay with the Palm Sunday now. Jesus was riding on a donkey. Well, he knew what it meant. The people in Israel, the people in Jerusalem, knew from the motorcade who was in town. If it's a Caesar or a warlord, they'll come with a white horse. They'll come with chariots. They'll come with military people. They'll come with trumpets. 
They will come with slaves. They will come with all these things. You know, this is a warlord who has returned to town. And they will be hailing them and braving, uh, bravely following them. And they will follow the slaves. They will follow, showing that these are the people. Oh, you know how they do it. When the political parties are in town, their followers will be party colors, doing all that they want to do. And you will see, this is this party. They will be shouting, shouting, hailing their king. But Jesus rode a donkey. And Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That was what scripture specified. Donkey is a harmless animal. They use it for farming. They use it for cutting goose here and there. It's a worker. It's a working animal. That's what he rode on. Yes, people ride on it even up to today. If you go to our villages, there are some in the city they've never seen even donkey before. They don't know what it is like. But if you go to our rural areas in the north and some places, the donkey is a workhorse. Yeah. You see when they're having parades, they use horses, they use this and that. But donkey, what is donkey? You see it, it's wagging its tail to drive away flies. But not the donkey. It just works and works and works and works. It shows humility. Jesus chose to deliberately humble himself riding on a donkey. You see, there were people who would misunderstand the message of Jesus. But he did not misunderstand himself. Friends, that is what I want you and I to know. Know who you are in the Lord. Know your mission. Know your purpose. Know your giftedness. We are to live to please the Lord, not people around us. It really doesn't matter whether you were born in a town, a village, or in a manger. Are you fulfilling God's desire for your life? Okay, so here are people waiting for him. Here are his disciples. Because you will find out later on that in spite of what he did, look at the way they were shouting. If the people who were shouting understood what they were shouting about, you would also see that the animal that he was riding was not consistent with what the shout was all about. So here's a king, here's a leader of a, the president of a country. He's coming here, unless he's one of those presidents or the pope who was riding an Italian fiat or the president of one country who rides a patro, VW. There are few people who do those things. So here's say, I'm the president, and you're riding in a patro, the old one. You say, ah, what type of president is this? Even that president, if you watch that video, they, they label him as the poorest president in the world. And in our language, they say those things. Quatrica, if the poor man says he'll give you something, look at him. Jesus intentionally showed us his humility. He was not embarrassed by his status. He lived to fulfill prophecy. Lived to fulfill God's ideas, God's plan for your life. Not what people think you should be. Wear your own coat, drive your own car, mind your own business in the Lord. That's where the blessing comes from. The third lesson. Today we are talking about Palm Sunday. When Jesus told us we must be brave like him, we must imitate our brave Lord. The third one. You see, after sitting on that donkey and the coat, the third lesson is that Jesus deliberately received homage from his disciples. Oh, 
didn't you just say he was a humble man? Yes, he was a humble man. He sat on the donkey. But there are times when people have false humility. False humility is when you know you know something. And somebody asks you, can you do this? So, ask for me, I can't do it. Sometimes we depreciate, we do not accept that God has made you somebody or something. He has gifted you with the ability to preach, to teach. He has given you money. He has given you this and that. And you know you can't do it. And God is impressing upon you to do it. So, ask for me, I can't do it. But you know deep down your heart. Why? Because you are pretending. You don't want anybody to know. I, I was talking to somebody. He asked me, Pastor, do you know something? I said, tell me. He said, do you know that the very, very rich people in your church, in any church, they don't pay their tithe? And I asked him, why? He said, ah. So you want somebody to come and give 100,000 in their tithe, then you multiply it by 10 and think that and know that the man is earning a million. I said, so what do they do? So they will give about 5,000 and you'll be happy with it. I said, Happy with what? The man has come to give God a tip, not tithe. He said, oh, they don't want anybody to know that this is how God has blessed them. Oh, are you deceiving me or you are deceiving God? You see, Jesus sat on the donkey. But when his disciples decided to put their cloth, their cloak, when the people decided to worship him, we'll come to the people later on, he accepted all of those things because he knows he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. He was not going to say, I am not. Even when he was before Pontius Pilate, he said, don't you know that I have the power to let you go free? Just say something. He said, you have no power unless it is given to you by God. In Matthew 21, 6, 7, we read, the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. Hallelujah. He sat on them. Here is Jesus who at one time, we'll see later on during the course of this week, he removed his cloak. He washed his disciples' feet, showing his humility. Here is Jesus who will feed the hungry. Here is Jesus who showed when his friend died, he wept, showing that he cares. But here's Jesus who on that Palm Sunday, when he wanted the world to get it, and his disciples, for the Jewish person, the way they dress, you have an undercoat and then you have a cloak on top of it. As uh, we used to say jokingly, you are wearing a suit and a coat. Well, let me not speak bad English. A suit is when you wear a dress, a shirt, and you put a coat on top of it. But let me just say it for the sake of uh, laughing Ghanaian English. So here's somebody wearing suit and coat. Or here's somebody wearing his suit. There's a shirt under. And here is somebody taking their coat to put on the donkey for Jesus to do what? To sit on it. The disciples were doing that because apparently the owner of the donkey had not dressed the donkey properly, which he was supposed to have done. Maybe he should have put a saddle on it put some velvet on it. He didn't even have time to do it. Whether he did it or not, the disciples knew what was missing. And they were willing to put everything at the disposal of Jesus. And he didn't tell them to stop it. No, he didn't. Because that again demonstrates that even though he is 
humble man. He is their master. He is their Lord. He is their Savior. Please, don't hide behind humility, false humility, and not acknowledge who God has made you to be, what God has given you, the gift of evangelism, the gift of service, gift. Jesus did not do that. He was intentional to let people know who he is, beginning from his own disciples. You see, let your light so shine before men that they will know your good works. They will see them and give glory to your Father. That is what Palm Sunday is about. Imitate Jesus, the brave Jesus, because this is what got him into trouble. So that takes me to the fourth point. Jesus deliberately again received the homage of the people. <laughs> it wasn't only the 12 disciples who did the show. That would have been bad enough for anybody to say, ah, what type of master is it? We thought he was a humble guy. You put your coat on him, he accepted it. No. But in Jerusalem, at that time, they celebrated a number of feasts. A number of feasts. So Jerusalem, we normally have about 50 to 100,000 people around that festivity when they are celebrating Passover and all those religious feasts. They could have as many as 500,000 to a million. That's what the writers say. The city will be thick with people coming from north, south, east, and west. If you want to know where they come from, and go to the book of Acts and read those early chapters to tell you where people came from on the next Passover when Peter was preaching. So, here he was. He was not hiding in the village somewhere when, like, his brothers were saying, if you think you have somebody, go, 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 let them see. This day, he, was, he decided to go. Two things happened. The people received him as a king. Matthew 21, 8. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The road on which he was riding. They did it. Oh, they had done that many times to the Caesars, to the war generals, but this time they were doing it to Jesus. And he didn't stop them. They received him as king and he cherished it because he's truly the king of hearts, the king of men, and he was teaching this drama. He intentionally did it. Do you get it? Are you doing it? Do you accept it? I remember that man, that story of the man who was driving his car, whatever his problem was, when he crossed the president of this country, oh, he, they changed his sleeping place for him to know that you may cross people and get away with it, but not the president. Oh, that day, these people, they honored him as king and he accepted it. Secondly, they not only received him as king, they also received him as the Messiah. Whether they understood it rightly or wrongly, the crowds went before him with the palm branches. They followed him and they were crying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means Lord save now, Lord save now. Where the people understood or misunderstood it, they were crying, Hosanna, Lord save now. Yes, most scholars have told us, Hosanna means save now or save us, we pray. They are begging him to save them. Well, they may have been begging for him to save them, like a politician would save them. Or you and I know, politicians have given us so many promises. And we go out there and vote for them. They will transform you 
We've gone as a country to National Redemption Council, National Liberation Council, Supreme Military Council, a new party or old party or CBP party or this tradition. We've gone to all those people cherishing that when they come to power, our problems will be solved. Have they solved all our problems? They haven't. But the crowds know how to shout. So that day they were shouting, Lord, save us. They were not really thinking about salvation in the sense of saving their spirit. Oh, they didn't want to be on that room. They didn't want to suffer again. Oh, he had fed people. He had clothed some people. He had been good to people. So they wanted him to be the king. They wanted him to kick away the Romans. They wanted to be free to do whatever they wanted to do. They wanted to be the number one country in the world. Was that what Jesus was about? That's not what he was about. But he allowed them to do it. In fact, when you read the other Gospels, when the Sadducees and the scribes and all those people heard it, they said, Jesus, can you let your people stop this? This is blasphemy. This is treason. This will put us in trouble. You know what he said? If you are a Bible student, you know what he said. Look, if you ask these children to stop, if you ask these people to stop, even the stones will cry out. Wow! Humble Jesus, born in a manger, saying stones will, will cry out. What is he telling you? I am the Lord. I am the Hosanna. Let me begin to ask you, is he the Lord of your life? Are you crying to him today, this Palm Sunday? Lord, I honor you. I give my life to you. Lord, transform me. Transform me. Because that brings me to the last point. Verses 10 and 11. When all these things were happening, something other was happening. Jesus aroused the question in Jerusalem. Verse 10 and 11 says, and asks a very important question. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? The 500, 600,000, 1 million people, there was commotion all over the place. Who is this? Is it the Caesar? Is it Augustus Caesar? The one who signed the decree that everybody should go to their hometown and be counted to pay tax? Is it the one who has come? Of course, those were days before live streaming, so there was no live streaming for them to know. So everybody was in their corner. Who is this? Who is this? So the multitude shouted, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Two things about this passage. Two things here. Jesus, the prophet. Oh, they called him a prophet. But I tell you, he was more than a prophet. He was their savior. So those who knew that he was somebody important, that he was a prophet. But he's dramatizing to them, I'm not just a prophet, I'm the savior. But they also added from Nazareth of Galilee. Was he from Nazareth of Galilee? No, his father went to Galilee, maybe to trade there as a carpenter. But it was Jesus, the son of David from Bethlehem. That is what even Herod found out, that he is the son. Some people may go to church tomorrow just to wave their palm branches and get the identity of Jesus wrong. But let me suggest to you, he is the savior, he is the Lord, he is the king who intentionally demonstrated on Palm Sunday that he is to be worshipped, he is to be served faithfully. And I tell you, he did this 
by showing us he's brave. He intentionally did the things he did. He decided to follow God's plan. You must follow God's plan. He decided to fulfill prophecy, fulfill God's plan for your life. He decided to receive homage from the disciples, pay him homage, worship him. He decided that when the people were worshiping him, he would accept him. He answered that question. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus to you? If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I tell you, it's a good season to know him. He's not just a prophet from Nazareth. He's the Savior from Bethlehem. And if you know him, can you be brave to imitate him? May the joy of the Lord be your strength. May Easter power you. May Palm Sunday give you that boldness to witness with your life and with your words that he's king and he's coming again soon. Not on a donkey, but with the clouds to save and receive those who are truly waiting for him and serving him. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. Help us to imitate you. Help us to live for you. Help us to serve you now and forevermore. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamain campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamain Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.